Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here, episode 4 of the Silverback Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Christian, I am your host, and today's episode is super special because the methodology that I use to work with businesses to start, to scale, to turn around, um, I'm not going to call it unique to me, but it is a integration of a number of methods and ways of thinking that together come to be something that I call 21st century profitability. And that has become my method of working for a few years now. So I'm very excited to share this with you today. This is only the introduction. I could give you a whole movie about the the perspective but we are just going to start with the introduction today and then uh not next week but the week after we'll give you part number two and then two weeks from uh from there we'll bring you part number three and the reason why we're doing it like this is because there's a lot for me to cover when you step into this concept of thought leadership um you need to make sure that you are crossing all your t's dotting all your i's you need to understand the implications for what is going to be proposed for what is going to be said um understanding the empirical components uh, and everything as a researcher so it's it's going to be something really good it's something that i have been flushing out uh just for over 10 years now uh, this is what I went to school for, for sociology and, and learning how people and structures work together. So I'm excited. Let's get on with it and let's see what 21st century profitability is all about. So this is how I'm going to start this. Um, when we look at ourselves as business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders, we are actually at a crossroads. We are actually being invited to reconsider the way we see, the way we think, the way we conceptualize and materialize the concept of profitability. Traditionally, profitability has really been measured as the return on investment that a business generates at a capital level. So it's your assets, it's the money that you make and the bottom of the page, right? So EBITDA and all that good stuff. So, you and you're gonna see this very heavy in large corporations. You're gonna see it around some mid-sized enterprises and then some small businesses that are driven by wanting to be corporate at one point, they start to bring in these uh, systems of, of seeing things. So the, the argument that, I, that I'm going to make here is when you take a look at the, the 20th century, the 20th century was really a time where things were about money. We need to make money. People need to work to survive. So people are numbers and people are going to make us money. So what we created uh, as a society um, as a capitalist society, and we're talking about this concept of the American dream, um, we have created and fostered an, envir an environment of coercion. 
And if we take Mark Colvin's definition of coercion is the actual or threatened removal of social, of social supports, which provide material and emotional needs for individuals. So what this does is it forces people into compliance. The 20th century was about compliance. You have to comply or you get fired. You have to comply or you can't feed your family. So then when you take a look, take a look at the concept of work and then you take a look at the concept of school, things start to crisscross because schools were generally designed to prepare people to enter the workforce. So that's why you have X amount of periods. The, the bell is, was the whistle at the factory. So when you, when you start to look at those, um, at those parallels, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing here. There is a short article that is coming out. There is also um, an implementation guide that is gonna come out to help business owners and entrepreneurs. So that will come in the coming weeks. And then there is the, the book that actually uh, flushes out the entire theory with all the theoretical backings and everything. So, so I'm just I'm just giving you the bits and pieces right now to see if this is something that sparks your interest. So then the 21st century society becomes an exchange of time for money. And what this does is it places an enterprise in a very difficult position when it comes to hiring and retaining potential and current employees because we have fostered this 20th century attitude. What happened back with COVID, we had been foreshadowing. We had foreshadowed flex time. We had foreshadowed um, work flexibility. We had foreshadowed remote work, remote working. That was all in the in the foreground. It was it was always playing, but no one would actually jump on it until we had to, until everything just completely shut down. And what happened during this time? Um, it became a time of introspection. It becomes a time of introspection for for people, especially millennials and and later, because. Our dads and our granddads were socialized into that coercive structure. So this new generation has been disrupting the marketplace left, right, and center. We've seen it with just about everything. So then what this really pushed forward to do is for these people to rethink what they want out of life. And it is not exchanging time for money. It is actually a mix and it is a mix that calls for a physical return on investment. So there's money, yeah. An emotional return on investment. So belonging, a mental return on investment, balance, and a spiritual return on investment purpose right now if your company does not have these four pillars you are struggling to hire and to retain top labor take a look at your churn rates 
when you look at your churn rates, the, 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 the proof is in the numbers. We can look at the numbers and you have a high churn rate because you are falling either on one or more of these things. So then what I'm proposing here is that even though as entrepreneurs and as business owners, we are after a return on investment from our business because that's what a business is. A business is a return on investment of money, time, and energy. But at the same time, the return on investment is not just for us. It is for the people that we employ. It is for the people that are working not for us, but with us. The people that are actually behind the numbers. Because right now we are playing a totally different ball game that if we don't play, we can continue with the coercion. Um, there will be a place for that always, but it will eventually start to diminish and it'll start to dwindle because people in a way, quote unquote, wake up and say, hey, life is more about my 40 hours a week. Life is about my family. Life is about my passions. What is my legacy at the end of the day? And if you're not having those conversations with your staff, I'm challenging you, you right now to sit with your people and ask like, what's the end game for here, from here? Whenever I interview anyone, whether I'm running a business or whether I'm consulting for someone and helping hire, that is one of my questions. Like, let's, let's not go into the whole five year, five year this, three year that. Like, what is the absolute ultimate goal? What is your purpose in life? And people light up when you ask them that question because they know that you care. They know that you have their highest purpose and their highest perspective in mind at all times. So this is why it was time for me to go ahead and put this out to everybody. Not just because for content or for this or for that, this is the method that I have been using and I have gotten amazing responses from everyone involved. So this is kind of sort of my, my, my preamble and it's a very condensed preamble because uh, all the writings are gonna be uh, much longer. So if we are saying that people now are looking for a physical, emotional, mental and spiritual return on investment well then how how do we how do we do that how do we as leaders business owners entrepreneurs take take someone and make sure that they they feel and they are truly receiving what they're looking for uh, in exchange to helping us see our vision realized well this is where my concept of 21st century profitability comes into play and I have three core pillars that I'll talk to you about. The first one is inspirational leadership. And we'll chat about each one in a minute. And then you have inclusive and accountable systems. And then you have purpose-driven growth. So when, if you take a look at a, if you do this as, as a tri-Venn diagram, and you have these three things intersecting into each other, you're gonna have 21st century profitability in the middle because right there, you're going to be able to satisfy the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual needs of those that are working with you. 
And this is a return on investment that is very seldom spoken about. Yes, we go to the leadership courses and we talk about this. We go to the HR courses and we talk about that. But does your company measure that return on investment for your employees? When you meet with someone for a review, do you sit with them and go, okay, well, I obviously have numbers. Your KPIs are your, the return on my investment. But what about you? Do I have those numbers to show you? Do, am I showing you how far along you've made it? Am I, do I know and do I understand how things are at home are? Do I know and I understand what your ultimate purpose is and am I helping you fulfill it? Am I compensating you fairly? Do you think that I'm compensating you fairly? Why or why not? So these are, these are some of the questions that are going to, that are, that are going to precipitate a change in the way, in the way we're doing things. So I'm going to talk to you about these three pillars in depth and then after that we'll call it and then we'll, we'll chat about other stuff um, in the next episode. So the first premise is inspirational leadership and this starts with the business owner or the, the main leader or the, the person that is the captain of said ship if you have different branches the person that is leading the charge for you it starts with this person and it continues to go up the chain and it goes down the chain at the same time because whenever i have stepped into a business uh, i spend time with the ceo and the attitude of the ceo or the principal carries all the way if you step into a cutthroat business the attitude of fear carries all the way down the line so if we see and recognize as we have been recognizing for the past 10 years that leadership is one of the most sought after skills by enterprises of all sizes and side note leadership is not management management looks for compliance leadership actually looks to get the absolute best out of each individual according to their skill set and their experience. And also, it allows and assists the enterprise to continue to, um, to give out its desired physical and operational outcomes. So at the same time, leadership is going to prepare the next generation of leaders to take on higher level roles in that enterprise if they so choose. So then we can say that inspirational leadership is the process by which an enterprise crafts an all-encompassing vision that clearly maps out how each person's contribution is paramount to the success and it is aligned to its non to its non-negotiable values. And this is measured, this is rewarded, and is cor corrected on said non-negotiable values, right? So um, I'll tell you this story. When President Jack Kennedy visited NASA in 1962, he stopped and said to the janitor, Hi, I'm Jack Kennedy. What are you doing? The man responded, well, Mr. President, I'm helping put a man on the moon. 
So think about it. He wasn't just mopping the floor. He wasn't just changing out trash cans. But if that was not done, could a man have gone to the moon? So think about your people right now as a leader. Are you instilling that in your people? Do they know that with what they do, they are moving your enterprise forward to that desired mission and vision? And are those values being applied? Do they understand that they are essential to your operation? And the greatest inspirational leaders are the ones that can rally their troops to make something happen. When shit hits the fan, excuse my French, it is the best leaders, the most inspirational leaders that will get people to do what needs to be done. Are you doing that? Is that the case in your enterprise? Are you a mid-level leader right now? And you're looking to grow? Is this the case? Is this what, what you're doing? Is this what is being done for you? These are the questions that, that we start to ask and are starting to be raised right now. So now that we talked about inspirational leadership, then that takes us right into processes. And processes is tenant number two of theory, inclusive and accountable processes. And when I go into many businesses and large enterprises, um, you get the best of both worlds. On the one hand, you get no set processes on how to do anything. And then this is justified by, hey, we're only a one, two, three, four man band. So everyone wears a different hat. And then on the other hand, what you have are processes that are so vague and general that you can't really track them. You can find efficiency. And what they actually do when, when, you, when your processes are just there, you actually start to neglect someone's personality and skill set. So no longer do you actually assign the right person for the job, you take X person and it becomes a blanket uh, position or a blanket uh, job offer for this person having to adapt versus you actually picking the right person in your recruiting process. So see, here we go back to processes. So then this is gonna lead to a development, uh, what we're gonna call a, a psychosocial development of three types of employees. Number one is the employee that is so overwhelmed that will crack at any minute due to the pressure and being pulled in many different directions. And this happens both at places that have zero processes and at places that have vague processes. So you gotta find the middle here. You'll see what I'm getting at. Um, number two is the employee that is fearful to be disciplined due to the metrics that are not aligned with, aligned with values or a skill set. These people are afraid all the time they're afraid to make decisions and then they end up being your employees that you want to get rid of, but you don't. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not the employee's fault, it's actually your processes. And then number three, you have the employee that just coasts. They don't move up, they don't move down. 
They did the bare minimum to remain employed and there is really no loyalty to the enterprise and there is no really shared vision. So when we talk about inclusive and accountable processes, we're not just talking about a how-to guide. We are talking about processes that actually have an outcome that is attached to the short and long-term goals of your enterprise. So when these are drafted, they are actually pointing the minimum skill set that that particular team member is going to need to have to play at the most basic level. So then your recruiting is tailored to those that can thrive and perform based on what your needs are and then they continue to grow. The processes are clear and so are the expected outcomes. And they are shared. They are shared with your vision and your mission. And everyone knows exactly what needs to be achieved. It's crystal, crystal clear. And this is what actually generates that accountability. When you lay down the exactly, the outcomes that are exactly expected out of someone and how they need to be achieved, then you can easily see your bottlenecks and you can start to troubleshoot where you're having issues. And that's how you grow. Versus the alternative, which is the cutthroat culture that you can create when compliance is not happening and then eventually there is the, the sphere dynamic. You go back to the coercion that I spoke about in the introduction and uh, now you need a cultural framework. So if I'm gonna sum this up, I'm gonna say that the key to inclusive and accountable processes are clear outcomes. And how are we going to achieve those outcomes? And those outcomes have to be tied to a purpose. Your business has to have a purpose because if your business has a purpose, any, anybody and everybody that you bring into it will need to buy into that purpose and that their purpose and your business's purpose have to be intertwined. That's how you get that well-oiled machine that everyone's talking about. And then after that, we're talking about purpose, then we move to tenant number three. So when we talk about purpose-driven growth, um, the, the argument that I made before is just, just before COVID, people really started to wonder more and more why they were here and what they were supposed to do in order to feel whole and complete. You start to step into these life purpose conversations and having, um, you know, started and scaled my own spiritual practice, um, working with folks and, and tarot cards and different spiritual perspectives, uh, I, I got to see a lot of that uh, firsthand. So then what happens here is you start to bring the spiritual component. Um, this is something that, you know, it starts to become a no-no because you can mix work and spirituality or, or work and religion or this and that, but we're talking about something a little bit bigger. We are talking about the stuff that the philosophers of all the new have always been questioning. Why are we here? Why are we to do? So before, look at 20th century profitability, we're telling you what you're here to do. You're here to survive. 
you're here to work you're here to buy a house with a picket fence and you're going to have two children uh preferably once a boy once a girl you have a dog name is lassie you have a car um, take a look back uh, before that when you look at the the times of the great depression right um, if you're a history junkie like i am then you had the every man a king theory and in the every man a king theory everyone was going to achieve the american dream and then eventually it was the this thing that we call the american dream that actually threw everything for a loop and that's how you if you look at the intersection of sociology and criminology into this whole thing you start to see that the the, the wants versus the needs started to really outweigh each other and that's how you start to see higher levels of crime uh how you start to see higher levels of exclusion so then people are turning this around they're saying hey we're just not here to work we are here to do something much bigger and we are trying to figure out what this is so then when we when we take a look at, at our businesses we need to aside from the fiscal goals because yes a business is, a, is an investment and i'll always say that and i will always agree with that but we need to make sure that the folks that we are bringing to walk the path with us and to help us get to that vision what they are doing here it's giving them meaning just like that janitor who was putting a man on the moon everyone wants meaning and that meaning needs to be laid out and understood so then what i'm going to argue here is that purpose-driven growth is actually built from the intersection of inspirational leadership and inclusive and accountable processes so as a leader as the one that sets the course i know my mission i know my vision i know my values and I know how I'm going to achieve that step by step. However, I recognize that for only a certain amount of time, I'm going to be able to do that on my own. So then I'm going to open up the doors and I'm going to ask people to come and invest their time and their energy to help me achieve said vision. And my question to you is how many of us as leaders, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, how many of us are we actually looking at our hiring processes like this? I'll leave that question with you. So then what happens when those two things in intersect is it, it doesn't it doesn't give you purpose driven growth as a result but it starts to foster it because now i have a destination and i know what the mark that my business is going the, the mark that my business is going to leave i know what that is now so then when i share that with my potential candidates then do they buy in or do they not buy in and that's that's the question right so what i'm going to ask you here is does your enterprise have a purpose? What is your end goal? If it was all going to end tomorrow, what is your business going to leave behind? 
and as well is this purpose aligned with each and every single one of your of your members all the way from your leadership team to your middle management team to your labor force and with all that do they do they understand how each one of their contributions is actually putting in that grain of sand that is going to get you to where you need to go so if this resonates and you're not doing this then it's time to maybe take a look at everything and rehash some of your stuff but i'll talk to you about that uh, here shortly okay so if i'm going to wrap this up for you um because this is only part one like i'm i'm laying down a new theory a new paradigm and a new concept for business so i can give it all to you right here right now because i'm going to start to lose you and then there are a lot of a lot of other connections that that i have to make that are better presented in writing um so that that, that will be available um in the next couple of weeks here we're just putting the final uh, touches on it when i write i am very particular uh and i have to make sure that all my research is done properly and that uh we have the, we have the empirical evidence that we need and all that um so to sum it up for you um I, I can't say this enough. The way we do business is changing. Uh, you have a brand new business uh, popping up every every three minutes. And someone is finding their passion and they're making it tangible. And they're, and they're making it palpable and they're making it happen. They have a mission, a vision, and a purpose. Um, even though we still have what we call old money, you're starting to see new money takeover and and new money is driven by purpose so you're you're starting to see all these different things that are happening that are actually looking for an outcome and they're looking for something different other than just amassing and generating more wealth and generating more wealth um so you're seeing a lot of those things um and if you're not uh i'll ask you to pay attention um because the way the, the way we do this is is changing so it's, it's really the time to do something different it's really a time to take a step back and to think and rethink and make sure that your business is headed in the direction that you want it to head. So take a look at your leadership. Are you an inspirational leader? Are you the leader that you would like to be led by? And take a look at your processes. Are, you, are your processes loosey-goosey? they not exist are they so vague that people are just going through the motions and then look at your growth when you're looking to grow when you're looking to expand why are you doing that where is it leading what is the ultimate goal for your enterprise those are the questions that right now at this point with what I get what I've given you I invite you to reflect on if you want to have a mastermind, by all means, you can reach out to me, Christian at rojasgroup.ca, and we'll sit down for an hour um, and we'll, we'll brainstorm. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at trgconsulting underscore, Facebook uh, trgconsulting, and 
yeah, we can we can start a conversation for sure. Um, and I look forward to part two out of three. Um, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we have a few projects going on, and uh, we're working with uh, with quite a few folks. So sometimes uh, the podcast falls to the wayside, but I do appreciate all of you folks that listen, all of the feedback that I get. It's it's awesome, and I hope that what I'm giving you here. Um, you receive it with a with an open mind and an open heart and um if it resonates let me know if you need to sit down by all means let me let me know and we'll we'll chat um i think that is all that i have and we will see you not next week but the week after that my name is christian this is a silverback entrepreneur podcast and is brought to you by the rojas group inc Have a great and a profitable couple of weeks.